0: hello everyone sam here before we get into the show a little heads up we had some slight audio issues in this episode you might hear a little distortion here and there we are working on getting the problem solved but for the majority of the episode should sound exactly the same enjoy the show
1: welcome back to that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting otherwise known as the over manga cast Last time on our adventures with this property, our hero Son Goku finally succeeded in gathering the Dragon Balls, and now they've been turned to stone for a year and scattered themselves across the world. But then what are we in? Don't worry, Goku. We're still in the legendary classic Dragon Ball by Akira Toriyama. This time we read chapters 24 through 54, the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai arc. Hope you're ready for the big tournament. Enjoy the show.
0: Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to the show where we're continuing our revisit month with another look back at a classic. Jake, I know you are excited because we're getting back into uh, your favorite thing of all time. I hung out with him today. He was wearing a Dragon Ball shirt.
1: Yeah, I I have a few and... uh... (laughs) I couldn't not. I think I think just because there's more content for it, it's. I'd say that uh, it's either Dragon Ball or Yu Gi Oh. But man, it's so good to delve into this series again, especially parts that mm-hmm. I'm less well versed in. Because um, you know, I mentioned last time I I prefer Dragon Ball taking itself a bit more seriously, and this is stuff that like I know, but I you know, this is the most I've poured over it. I should. I guess I should say, yeah, and that's
0: a good segue into our usual top of the show uh, discussion, our familiarity with what we've read I should say I'm Sam and going into this, the most familiarity with I had with uh, specifically what we read here was watching the odd clip of it on YouTube of the various fights that happen here. And uh,
1: Roshi's moveset in Dragon Ball Fighters. (laughs) There's a lot from the uh, 21st Tenkaichi Budokai that uh, they used for fighters. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Jay, what's your familiarity with uh, this section of Dragon Ball in particular?
2: Uh, This section of Dragon Ball in particular, I would have to echo you. You said, Sam, uh, I essentially remember watching it on YouTube. It may have been on for a stretch on Toonami when it was I don't really recall, but that was the extent of my exposure to Dragon Ball carrying over from our first Dragon Ball episode. Um, so this was the first time i've I've spent reading it, and it was um, it was very enjoyable. But we'll get into that later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and how about you, matt? so i I went into this thinking I knew what this was. Because uh, I had memories of watching Dragon Ball, the anime. Out midway through, I realized, wait, no, I think I was thinking of another tournament. Because <laughs> I <laughs> I did not remember any of this. So uh, I guess a f- fresh take?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake already said it. This is the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai, or the strongest under the heavens tournament that we read this time. Though we don't start right away in the tournament. We have to get trained up for it to begin with.
1: Because uh, we pick up right where we left off. Goku had uh, just parted ways uh, with uh, Tripitaka. I mean, Bulma. The fact that Bulma is the Tripitaka
0: of the journey to the West in this is just. Will never not be funny. (laughs) Yeah, it'll never not be funny.
1: (laughs) He heads off to uh, go uh, meet with the uh, turtle guy. The turtle guy said he would train him on the way. He stops by his house, um, picks up his stuff and just heads off to the island. Yep, to go
0: uh reacquaint himself with the invincible old master Muten
1: Roshi. And I gotta say, it 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 sort of surprises me the degree to which I skimmed this. Cause like especially the the first chapter in particular, I'm I'm reading through this and I'm like, I don't remember any of these gags. Like mistake, Jacob. Never admit that you skim. well it's sort of the thing i didn't this time i i like that we're doing this because it's it's forcing me to actually pay attention to little things i sort of like that goku is just so upfront with um roshi when he's talking to him about you know i i want to be stronger than you that's my goal it's not really shocking though because it's goku goku is like very
2: transparent i'd be shocked if if goku was shady or devious or an Any in any form, I would be very shocked. And I think that would that betrayal would hit me harder than anything.
1: (laughs) If Goku managed to lie Mm -hmm. somehow, it would be impressive. (laughs) Yes. But
0: of course, uh, training from the greatest martial artist on the planet is not going to come without a price. What is this price? Our young son Goku must pay, you ask. Well, Roshi needs a hottie. No,
1: nothing's changed yeah nothing well i mean yeah doku finds him and there is an exercise video except it's all spandex clad women yep it's one of those exercise videos roshi isn't doing the aerobics he is uh his nose is pressed up to the screen
2: i mean that's an exercise his heart's probably going real dokis (laughs) dokis. (laughs)
1: wrapped attention
0: with um with what's on the screen Get
2: some cardio in (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Cardio without even moving a leg. He really is the uh, <laughs> he really is the greatest martial artist <laughs> to have mastered his body so completely. <laughs> I, I, I seek this power. <laughs> <laughs> Goku's attempts to find a hot woman to Roshi's standards. Take a uh, it takes a bit of trial and error because <laughs> <laughs> Roshi first describes wanting a big and so Goku brings a Plus sized lady will say politely,
2: Whoa, you just made it into life by saying, like,
1: follow. <laughs> she's a bodybuilder, is the thing. So she's like very, very broad. She is not conventionally beautiful. Beauty comes in all forms. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of amusing thing that I find, and this is very much a case where I guarantee the reason for this is because Toriyama forgot that this was a thing that, like, an element of the universe. But Goku brought that woman over on the katoon which means that she must be a pure hearted person.
2: She's really nice. That's one of the key traits that you want in a woman. Very pure hearted. Very nice.
3: <laughs> Why Roshi rejects her? I can only assume she was a pure hearted princess
0: and was really the true love Roshi needed. But she can yeah. do better, in all honesty. Goku's next attempt after Roshi gives him a uh, a bit of a visual. I believe Roshi gives him a visual aid by showing him a magazine cover.
1: He yeah. he shows he shows two pictures and Goku can't tell which one Roshi wants. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gosh.
0: But uh, this next candidate that Goku brings, again on the ketone, proving that she is a pure-hearted maiden, but th- this proves in my mind that Roshi is a coward <laughs> because <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goku-, <laughs> Goku brings a mermaid. And she is indeed very attractive, like What's the problem? Actually, no. To be fair, Roshi is on board with this one. It's his—it's his own Roshi ness that ruins this (laughs) interaction.
0: Fair, fair. I might be a bit too harsh on the old master in this regard, but or not harsh enough, or not harsh enough because he only sees her from the waist up, which is the human part. He's like, "All right, Goku, I need you to go ask her if I can see her panties." So Goku goes over, and she's like, "Uh, I'm not." I'm not wearing anything down there. And Roshi's immediately like, "Who? not wearing anything runs over and it's fishtail.
2: You're like, yeah, I, I don't wear bottoms. Like, that's just not a thing.
3: I'm just saying, why couldn't she be the good type of mermaid with the fish part on top and the woman part on bottom? Right? <laughs> We're not litigating mermaids here. I don't even know what this podcast is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do, do (laughs) (laughs) Do you want
0: to litigate mermaids, Matt?
3: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Defense, bring your argument.
0: (laughs) Add that to your CV,
2: mermaid litigator.
0: (laughs) Don't ask any questions, future employers. As Goku is going out one more time to look for another hottie because the mermaid uh, punched Roshi in the face when he asked to get a little puff puff action going on
1: the the human half. We don't know that for sure. Just tail slaps Mm. him and dives into the ocean.
2: Apparently everyone yeah. knows what that is, like out of context.
1: That's a good point. That—that's just yeah, you know, like if
2: I were if I were to go out on the street and just say, "Hey, can I have some puff puff?" Apparently everyone knows what that is. It would be a very different
1: connotation. Yeah, Roshi pantomimes it. That's true too. Yeah, it's pretty clear what he wants, and this pure of heart mermaid is not having any of it. Which fair. What if she's a great cook?
3: Look, they don't smoke weed under the sea.
0: She's not dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> so Goku sets off one more time on the Kintone to find a hottie for the invincible old master. Or, no,
1: he doesn't. But
0: not but not before a new challenger <laughs> appears.
1: Yeah, he's he's about to set out when uh, someone new arrives at the island. Rowing up in a boat and then leaping like the remaining hundred meters
0: or so onto the island shore.
1: It's a very impressive jump. Uh, it is
0: landing. Uh, landing could use a little work. Uh huh. As he buries his head in the sand, quite unintentionally, but it's a little ball boy. You know him. You'll, you you probably know him because he's one of the most iconic characters in manga. You probably love him, or at least you should. It's
1: Kudadin or Crowin. Kudadine, There'll be like cases where it's like, should you use the translation names or because like um you know, speaking of Yu Gi Oh, there was like the whole Joey is a good adaptation of Genocchi. Kudadin is one of those ones where it's like I learned how to pronounce it, so I do that because I put in the work to actually be able to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> We see how Goku meets his uh, best friend.
2: Best friend for life.
1: BFFs
0: Goku and Krillin. Being best friends through multiple times dying, I think. Yeah, they've died for each other. They have both died for each other. I'll, I'll take that back. For life is a much shorter commitment in the Dragon Ball In Bowl Dragon
1: universe. Ball, yeah, for <laughs>
0: lives. Particularly when you run with the Z fighters who have uh, a shocking amount of access no, to We'll the only Bowl. be
2: friends for this life. When I come back, we're not friends anymore. Imagine if you could like mediate friendship that way. Just in this
0: life. I
3: broke our friendship bracelet.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I broke it at the gates of, uh, of the other world. King Yemma saw. <laughs>
1: But but anyway, as if this universe needed to be any more screwed up than it already was. Krillin, I'm just
0: going to call him Krillin. Jake can be a freaking weeb if he wants to. Totally fair. Krillin vibes a bit more with Master Roshi than Goku does. they are very much
1: cut from the same cloth.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that really came to light. And um, when I watched Dragon Ball, it was just like because you, can, well, for me, I came from it from DBZ, where, you know, Goku and Krillin were already best friends. And then you go back to Dragon Ball and you're like, wow. So actually, Krillin was the purrier of the two and the more um, competitive of the two. And I guess I just never really realized that Krillin was more,
1: I don't know how, to, how more, in, more lock and step with... Master Roshi then. Well, I mean he's a much more normal teenager than Goku is because Goku's not but that's the thing.
2: I didn't even see him as like a teenager <laughs> because so small.
3: <laughs> Everyone is so small.
2: That was the another thing about Dragon Ball just in general. It was very difficult for me even then telling the children and the teens and like the young adults apart in some instances. <laughs> Because they would be like, they would be like, oh no, I'm, I'm eight or no, I'm like 14 or I'm 16. It's like, you
1: all look the same. Well, they they either all look the same or they all look vastly different, because honestly, there shouldn't be as much of a difference between Cudadan and Bulma because they're very close to each other in age. But like Bulma, Mm -hmm. like like Cudadan and Goku both look like they're eight ish uh, when they're really like tween. And then uh, Bulma, who's like mid to late teens. Actually, Bulma kind of looks her age. I don't think I don't think Bulma was 15. I think she's 16.
2: She's solidly in her teens, so
1: she is a teenager. Yeah, yeah. She's around that age. I thought she mentioned that she was 16 mm-hmm. at some point, but honestly.
3: You know what? Maybe she did. She said she was, um, oh, you're only two years younger than me to Goku. And then when he said he was 14. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's yeah, then Goku's age, yeah. age gets retconned in this section we read.
2: <laughs> he doesn't know how numbers work. You're expecting too much from him.
1: <laughs> yep. He learns how numbers work. Mm-hmm. He's still he's still not a, he's still not entirely clear on girls, but he actually does get numbers now. So I don't think and he probably, ever becomes clear on women. That that's probably
2: true.
1: How <laughs> fair it is. We see he understands how counting
0: works. That's also true. <laughs> hey, that's better than n- not. <laughs> we are skipping ahead a little bit because uh, we have to meet. we have to meet a uh, lunch or launch. Launch. lunch. Lunch. She makes lunch, lunch yes <laughs> she does it make lunch, lunch. because well krillin being like roshi cannot ride on the and so he has to cling onto goku's back
1: as they are flying around uh to to find an actual hottie because goku cannot be trusted with this because he can't mm-hmm.
2: he's too pure he he's too pure all these ladies are worthy yep. goku would easily use any of these women interchangeably because he is just
0: so pure and as they're flying around they uh, hear a cry for help, which comes after a crazy, like, Wild West flee from the cops scene. The law is coming down on this, on this blonde lady who's driving away with a, with a like bag full of money that she robbed from the bank, throwing grenades at the coppers. It's crazy.
1: copper will shoot. Aren't we
3: already shooting? And it's Dragon Ball, so as we've established, weapons do nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She throws a grenade at them, and it, it it does
1: admittedly topple one of the vehicles, I it think. Fli- yeah, it flips, because it's like she had been sh- being chased by three cars, and she does disable one of the cars. But it's it, it's not just Dragon Ball, it's early Dragon Ball. So it could be presumed that they're fine. As she's riding away on her motorcycle, she had uh, a bit of hair
0: flickers in front of her nose and tickles her nose, and she sneezes. And you might normally think... While that is inconvenient, potentially dangerous in a high speed chase, it's not totally uh, crazy, is it? No, she sneezes, her blonde hair becomes black, her entire personality changes and she stops
1: running out of confusion because she doesn't know what she's doing anymore. So here's actually a fun thing. Every time I've seen Launch's hair, like good Launch's hair colored, it's always been blue. Yeah, it's like a dark navy blue. But here's the thing. I don't know ne- to necessarily trust that because Bulma's hair color isn't supposed to be blue. It's supposed to be lavender. And when Toriyama saw the anime version of uh, Bulma, he apparently was very, very furious about that because he had like given them notes about what color Bulma's hair was oh, supposed to be. Oh, that's
2: the worst. Because, I don't know. I mean, especially, I would understand if they if he hadn't given specific enough notes, but if you specifically detail this character has blue hair, you made it freaking lavender.
1: Or, yeah, other way around, but yeah, because he mm-hmm. he had he had notes for the production team, and they just made it blue. There's a character later that they try to placate Toriyama by giving that character lavender hair, and it ends up just causing problems.
2: <laughs> I could totally see the production studio if they're not given the context, probably just assuming that the manga is being a drama queen and saying, well, you know, like hair color is not that important. We'll just do whatever we're feeling creatively. You know,
1: I think that's even what happened. I think that's why he was so mad.
3: You want us to go out and buy lavender paint for your rinky dink
1: <laughs> anime? Yeah, that's actually the other thing that's worth noting, though, because um Dragon Ball actually wasn't overwhelmingly like it. It was selling. It was doing well, but it wasn't actually like a Shonen Jump darling right away. And not even for the next, like, not even this or the next arc after that was it particularly well-known or popular. You know, it wasn't Dragon Ball, you know, the way that it is now. So I could totally see something like that happening. But uh, like Akira Toriyama, I think we've forgotten about launch a little bit. So... (laughs) I didn't forget about her. Yeah, uh, she's uh, she's crashed during the uh, car chase because uh, she sneezed, and and her hair and personality has changed. Mm-hmm.
0: And she's very confused as to what's going on, and so screams out for help. And that is the call to action that our uh, two young heroes need as they leap to the defense of this lady.
1: Well, Goku does. Or
0: <laughs> well, Goku does. Krillin hides because they've got guns. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh, no, guns. But but Goku has already been shot and didn't think it was very impressive. And so swiftly beats the ass of the police.
1: As you do. Mm -hmm. As you do, as you do. He does not
2: recognize their authority.
1: You really don't. Goku is a sovereign citizen. Yes. (laughs) And Launch
0: very readily agrees to go back to uh, meet with the invincible old master. At least she recognizes that uh, while she doesn't remember it, her other half probably robbed a bank, and so she should lay low on this island with this weird old codger and his grandsons for a while. I just love
2: that thought, though, is that apparently this has happened, well, obviously it's happened frequently enough that you're just like, oh, I have no recollection. Yeah, she probably did something nefarious, so I probably should lay low. Mm -hmm. Can you just imagine living in that life of, like, having no clue what happened five minutes ago, but you're like, yeah, I'm probably in trouble. I should probably...
1: I should probably hide from the law. Yeah, that's one of those things that I never really noticed uh, that like good launch is way more aware of bad launch than I remember. And good launch is pretty laissez faire. It
0: seems she just kind of lets lets things be very easily.
1: She goes with the flow. It's it's a pity that Toriyama forgot she existed because I think she could have been an interesting character if she, you know, did stuff Wow. She doesn't
3: really do stuff in what we
1: read. So, yeah, I'm I'm getting Chi Chi flashbacks, but she goes back to uh,
0: Roshi's Island and he is immediately smitten with her because she do be cute. They're like, all right, you'll finally train us, right, Master Roshi? And he's like, yes, I will. And uh, young lady, if you want to join us in this training here, put on this uniform. I won't put you through any of the hard stuff. This is just help you uh, stay in shape, sharpen the mind and the body. (laughs) Mm hmm. And uh, Launch goes to start changing. Admit it uh, at first on the beach in front of everybody until Krillin starts perving at her and she goes inside.
1: Here, I thought you were my kind of student. And then she comes out in um uh, a sexy one piece. <laughs> It, it's the fact that the that uh, Roshi, Koku and Kudanen are also in this is the. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I think there
0: might have been some sort of mix up with the boxes. This doesn't look like a martial arts gi. And then Roshi, apparently already a master strategist <laughs> who planned this the entire time, is in <laughs> is in the same outfit <laughs> along with Koku and Gritlin like, how dare you disrespect the uniform of the Kamei sending school? No, he literally
3: could not have planned for this. Roshi just owns two children's size lingerie. Oh, God, that's a good one. That's point. the deeply terrifying thing this scene implies. That's not okay. You're right, I hadn't thought about that. Look, I'm just saying, hashtag cancel Master Roshi.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody would disagree with that. This man needs to be stopped. <laughs> Master Roshi's banned from over 40 Victoria's Secret locations. I don't understand. How are you not on some kind of list?
2: <laughs> it, looks, it sounds like a lot of Victoria's Secret managers need to realize who, who Master Roshi is. His face is very recognizable. These people obviously aren't familiar with, D, with like Dragon Ball or DBZ. And
1: that's not a franchise I want to frequent. Well, I don't know. Uh, Roshi's face being recognizable or not is something that's going to come up in a bit, but uh, that's a little, wa- a little ways off. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yep, foreshadowing.
0: We are going to, uh, but we will be getting down to some training after a bit more perving on launch.
1: Basically, the the punchline of this joke is bad launch comes out and uh, delivers the punishment on Roshi that he, well, he, I think Roshi deserves worse than that, but...
3: <laughs> it's like three chapters of this, too. Like, it's... <laughs> launch is there for a... But it's, it's basically the same joke. It's at this point they move to the... The main island,
0: right? The island, the Kame House Island is too small for the training
1: that they need. So the, uh, the house is a Hoipoi capsule, and it's one of those moments where Roshi says, Everybody out of the house, I'm about to turn it back into a capsule. And it just makes me wonder, what would happen if a person was inside the house when it went into its capsule? I don't think that this is a question I want actually answered, but it's just one of those... Knowing what I know about Capsule Corp, they probably don't
3: care if you die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's probably Mm -hmm. accurate. But yeah, we get to some actual training. Um, Heavy quotations around
0: actual training. Yeah, starting off with a hundred meter dash uh, in order to race. And Krillin puts in a damn good time. Uh, I forget what it was
1: specifically, but it was like 11 seconds. That's that's not bad. Well, it was, uh, Kiddenden's was um, 10.4. He claims that his best was 10.1, but this is Kudadin. I don't know that I trust him on anything he says. 10.4 is nothing to sneeze at. That's Olympic standards. That's still Olympic uh-huh. level, yes. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I could see uh, Kiddenden shaving off a couple of uh, tenths yep. of a second. But then Goku
0: goes to do his run and he gets over 11 seconds, which is still really good and
1: everything. And he gets 11 flat, I think. And at which point he says, "Uh, can I try again with new shoes? It's like, are you really going to blame your shoes? And then they look down and
0: his shoes are actually like falling apart. The soles are flopping around and everything. And they're like, he he got that time with shoes that badly. Here's some new shoes and
1: he gets like eight point (laughs) five. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Which
0: which I used to be in track and field. Um, For those of you without context,
1: that is literally superhuman. Yeah, let's talk about breaking the human barrier. (laughs) Like I said last time, the Charles Atlas superpower started right away. But um,
0: we then get to see that while this is exceptionally impressive, old Master Oshii is not about to be left in the dust by these whippersnappers as he gets... Uh,
1: like five seconds at his top speed. It's five point something. It's ridiculous. That's literally double the best Olympic run that has ever been.
0: Uh, We thoroughly have our standards set as Roshi's like, all right, time for our next uh, training thing. Uh, He paints a symbol onto a rock, walks over, uh, makes sure that the boys memorize the symbol. He walks over to a cliff and hucks the rock way out into the jungle far below. And he's like, all right, whoever comes back within 30 minutes uh, with that rock is the one who gets dinner. Go.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure quite what he's testing at this point,
3: because. Uh... Oh, no, a hundred percent. This is Roshi going, I'm done with these kids for now. I want alone time with that hottie in the house. <laughs> Here is an insane yeah. task to keep them busy. Like this is not training anything. <laughs> like the way it's solved by both of his students does not teach them anything. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Well, uh Kuradin tries to come back. He he finds a completely different rock, borrows a permanent marker, and also because the, the symbol that he drew was uh the kanji for turtle, he shows that to Roshi, at which point Roshi immediately beads him in the head with it. That's not my handwriting. Who do you think you're fooling? <laughs> But, like, Goku finds it with his nose. Like, that's not even something Roshi would know Goku can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Goku sniffs out the rock because it has Roshi's scent on it from when Roshi was holding it and writing on it.
1: Sure. <laughs> Cut it in's response. What are you, a dog? Just, just another on the laundry list of things that Son Goku can do. Yeah, including jump off the
0: cliff into the jungle completely fine.
1: To be fair, we'd seen him do that before. It's still ridiculous.
0: Yeah, but we have the moment of Goku finds the rock, is bragging to Krillin a little bit. Uh, Krillin snags it away from him, but Goku catches up uh, as they're running. And he's like, and then (laughs) we have perhaps my favorite moment of Krillin throws the fake rock, faking out Goku to go chase after it. And Krillin returns with the right rock and wins the day. And he gets the dinner that lunch made. And uh, Goku is forced to stand there watching as Roshi Krillin and Lunch eat the dinner. And oh boy, isn't it delicious? And then the text box says training was then suspended for three days as everybody but Goku came down with horrible food poisoning because of ill-prepared puffer fish. <laughs> yeah. Horrible yep. food poisoning. They should all be dead for <laughs> ill-prepared puffer fish. Well, Master Roshi can't die. So Yeah, but Krillin and Lunch should be
1: in the ground! Launch <laughs> in particular. <laughs> like, you can't even claim that she has, like, <laughs> magic Chi Charles Atlas superpowers. We
2: don't know. She's not expounded upon. She's she's one of the forgotten characters, but she might be, I don't know, not even of this world. We don't know. There's been so many other extraneous characters who've been introduced who have, you know, supernatural origins or are from a different planet, so yeah, I wouldn't so, put to pass the,
0: them. The deathly... The deathly... <laughs> uh power of the pufferfish poison was spread between her and bad launch and both of them had food poisoning <laughs> and, and that's why it was spread out enough for the, the one body to live.
1: Alternatively launch is secretly the most powerful being in the Dragon Ball universe. That seems like something that Toriyama would just do for no reason. Yeah.
0: Mind yeah. over matter <laughs> and I when you've got two minds <laughs> eh?
1: Eh? <laughs> Yeah, I
3: like my theory that uh, Master Roshi had actually been giving her those sizing lessons. So she got the discount Turtle Hermit training, which made her just kind of immortal, because as we've established, any amount of training by Master Roshi makes you infinitely better than every other human being on Earth.
0: Basically, and we figure this out as we settle into uh, the actual training routine that Goku and Krillin are going to have to go through. Uh, It starts with waking up at 430 in the morning before the sun is up. Yeah, scrubs. I do that every day. (laughs) Not not willingly. If I didn't have the job that I have, I wouldn't do that. But
3: still, And little known fact, Sam does have Charles Atlas superpowers.
1: That would explain a lot.
0: Yes, I can punch a wall and the wall disappears. (laughs) (laughs) That's object permanence. That's a a little different. (laughs) (laughs) Their first task of the day is to deliver milk on foot across the entire
1: island. And they better be quick, otherwise the milk spoils. Like we've already established that there's like giant cliffs on this island and jungle that they have to trek through. They're chased by a ceratosaurus at one point. You know, it's a thing. And Roshi has them like
0: doing zigzags and loops and tiptoeing and running backwards over the course of the route. You gotta skip through the first section. Really works them leg muscles. And my favorite part in like this opening bit is uh, several of the people on the island are like oh hey mutin roshi you've got new students do you i remember you doing this with gohan and the ox king back in the day and i i just thought that was a very uh wholesome bit of world building and continuity
1: like some of the people recognize roshi the guy who was giving them the milk was younger and he's like wait you're not using the helicopter It's also it's also a very um, natural moment where Goku is like, can't I just use the Kintun? And Roshi, you know, responds with the obvious logical thing of, well, then it's not training, is it? They do that. And then uh, <laughs> Goku and Krillin are freaking <laughs> rinsed at the
0: end of it. And they're like, oh, it's finally over. And Roshi's like, yeah, that's the early morning routine. Now for the morning routine. <laughs> you see these fields? I need you to plow them by hand. Okay. And they get and they get gardening tools. No, I
1: said by hand, boys. Put those hoes down. I mean, by hand.
3: (laughs) Phrase I never thought I'd hear Master Roshi say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to be very careful about context with this individual as established. So they uh, plow fields with their bare hands. (laughs) And then they get breakfast. <laughs> it's not the biggest deal but just because Goku has been so heavily flanderized like having a basic education is a part of the turtle school so like Goku can read and you know this is the point where Goku learns math like he's not you know he's not a scholar and yeah we we see the texts that Roshi uses to teach him and it explains a lot about <laughs> Gohan and guumao basic
3: education he learned to read from porn books (laughs) probably a bit bit apart from each other like
0: (laughs) but the important thing is Goku learned his letters and his numbers those letters happened to all be smut but
2: (laughs) I'm just saying maybe that's why Chi Chi puts up with his shenanigans
0: Oh Oh, man, Goku learned how to read through smut.
2: He knows things, guys. He probably knows
0: things. He used his martial arts savant superpowers to to absorb
1: (laughs) these sacred texts. These techniques. These techniques. Oh my God.
3: Unfortunately, he never got to the part about kissing.
2: Yes. Oh my God. There is no kissing in pornography.
3: Uh. Oh my god, you're right. There isn't. That's why he doesn't know what kissing is.
2: <laughs> what? What's kissing? You just go straight to it. What the heck?
0: <laughs> why are you putting your mouth on her mouth? Ew.
2: <laughs> it doesn't go there.
0: Oh, god. Oh. It's classic Toriyama writing. Keep everything vague enough that you can justify whatever comes next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true, isn't it? But then we get to uh, my favorite part of the
1: training routine. They learn how to dodge by dodging bees. Roshi ties a, ties both of them to a tree, then tiptoes over to the tree, smacks a beehive and runs. Keep dodging, boys. The more of those you avoid, the less
0: you get stung, which uh, I don't want to know what happens if Roshi takes a student who's uh, deathly allergic to bees. You need to learn not to be allergic. <laughs>
1: you need to channel your chi to to fight off the allergic reaction. Yes, you, use your chi as an anaphylactic.
3: Look, it doesn't get brought up. That, uh, the third student with uh, uh, Gohan and uh, Ox King. No, I was going to say Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Uh, For our younger audience, uh, there was a movie Macaulay Culkin was in called My Girl, where uh, as a child, he is killed by bees. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Poor Macaulay. I mean, his character died, not him. Fiction isn't real. No, Macaulay Culkin himself died. The one that appears in Red Letter Media
1: is a body double. (laughs) Fiction isn't real. You're saying that if I do this training, I won't be able to use the Kamehameha? Funnily enough, the
3: Kamehameha
1: is not part
3: of this training.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Part of it, though, is swimming with sharks, which are in a freshwater lake. Um, (laughs) Yeah, is it a lake? They're not super clear about where this is. Are they swimming in a... In a bay in the ocean, because they are on an island. Uh, I think we're giving too much thought to this. isn't
3: super clear about its (laughs) landscape. Wow.
0: Color (laughs) me surprised. It's a really big shark, too. It is. But we get to the end of the training, and Roshi shows them the big boulder, and he's like, all right, when you get strong enough to move this boulder, I'll consider you to have uh, passed my training. And Roshi pushes pushes the big boulder uh, easily. And Krillin's like, we'll never get strong enough to push that. And Goku's like, hey, can I give it a shot? Shove. Did I say this boulder? I meant this one over here. (laughs) This one's like four
1: times the size. Yeah, push this one. I can move it easy. You can? Yep. Show us. All right, let's go. (laughs) Goku and Kiddenden are saying, hey, you're not actually teaching us anything. You're just making us do busy work, which is funny because, um... I actually just out of curiosity looked up apparently uh, Dragon Ball and the first Karate Kid movie came out at almost the exact same time. So it's sort of funny that uh, there's a very there's a very Mr. Miyagi feel to uh, Roshi's training and yet they're, you know, contemporaries of each other. Let's be fair here. They probably uh, both take uh,
3: inspiration from the same Karate movie.
1: A couple like two or three chapters like do the rundown of each of their um, you know, like different training regimens, which they start doing with uh, heavy turtle shells on their backs. We see all the way through the first day. And then the first day ends with um, Goku and Kuden and exhausted and asking if they're going to have to do that tomorrow. And Roshi says, Of course not. You'll be wearing these turtle shells. 20 kilos. Is this on the list of the uh, cases where that number doesn't seem to the right scale or 20 kilos for like
3: like it's heavy? But like, it's like a uh, quick math here. That's like 50 pounds. Like that's a school backpack. I, I'd argue because everything else that they're doing is so insanely superhumanly impossible. Only adding 50 pounds to
0: doing everything is kind of not in the same scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this might be uh, Manga's not understanding math in the other direction.
3: <laughs> I mean, the joke could also be that it's like, a
0: relatively small amount of weight, but I, I don't think that is. So I don't know. They're doing their training for a while. And Roshi says, "Uh, you know, if uh, you boys keep up this training and you get strong enough, you might be powerful enough to
1: enter the Tenkaichi Badokai. It's the Tenkaichi Badokai. It is the strongest under the heavens martial arts tournament. This is actually a fun one because um having grown up in the 90s with You know, DBZ is like the various parts of it got released. There were the video games where there was Dragon Ball Z Budokai and then uh, Budokai Tenkaichi came out later. There were a couple of those. Finding out that like Tenkaichi Budokai was actually something (laughs) was sort of fun.
0: No, I, I had a similar experience. I'm like... Wait, the names of the games are actually drawing on something, huh? I mean, I guess I should have seen that coming, but cool. Yes, the strongest under the heavens martial arts tournament. It happens only once every five years. And the strongest fighters from around the world come together for a uh, a smackdown brawl to see who will be the greatest amongst them. And uh, it's it's an incredible honor to even be able to participate in the tournament. So... Forget winning, you boys should just see if you can actually participate in it. You better keep training hard for these next couple of months.
1: This is the thing that made the prototypical Shonen tournament arc, so... uh, (laughs) We'll see how that adventure goes. We get basically a montage of uh, their uh, training regiment from there, and they're able to move the boulder. Admittedly, they don't shift it very far, only a couple of inches, and Goku a bit
0: further than Krillin, but they do shift the boulder. And Roshi's like, well, boys, that's about it. That's all I can teach you. But you didn't teach us any actual techniques. Well, yeah, but I made you incredibly superhumanly strong and you both have a background in martial arts, so you don't really need much more. Go out there and fight. That's the best way you're going to learn now.
1: Well, he does double the weight of the turtle shells, but. At
0: this point, when they're moving boulders like that, that really feels like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) The Tenkaichi Budokai is upon us. And so they head off to this to the big city, uh, which is just called the Metropolis in order to uh, participate.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's sort of funny that this like ultimately gets a name later. And that name is very creatively South City. <laughs> like it it, it it seems like he's trying not to name it, but the name he does ultimately give it isn't much more creative. They show up and there's about one hundred and twenty or thirty ish. uh um, other- Participants. It's it's 137, I think.
0: I believe that's it. Yeah. And everybody's looking at these two shrimpy little kids like they they can't possibly be like actual participants, right? This has got to be some kind of joke, like we're in a gag manga or something. (laughs) And uh, as it turns out, this is one of the most heavily attended tournaments in uh, like years. So they're going to start off with qualifying heats in order to get down to. Uh, The final eight participants. We start off right away with our boy Goku getting in.
1: The rules are if you are knocked unconscious, not if you touch outside of the ring or if you surrender, then you lose no weapons, no killing. Anything else goes like this is this is the most like shonen of martial arts tournaments. The qualifying heats also have a one minute time limit on the rounds. Yeah, because there are so many people.
0: Yeah, But we start off with our boy Goku, who is number 70, going up against number 69, which means we have a wonderful line of everybody sees this shrimp getting into the ring and they're chuckling like, man, he's going to lose quickly. I guess 69 is somebody's lucky number. Nice. (laughs) Which is just a a beautiful text bubble. And so Goku then gets into a
1: martial arts tournament with the heavy from Team Fortress 2. (laughs) I mean, kind of. (laughs) <laughs> Heavy and elite. Well, I, I mean, he has a mustache, so he's slightly different. But what is this? Who's in this baby to fight me? <laughs> oh, did you read
0: that accent as Russian? I read it as like really thick British. No, I read it as
1: Russian. But then again, I, I thought it was heavy Team Fortress 2. I could see both. I usually I usually read it as Russian. I don't remember what the anime does, which is funny because there were a lot of cases where um I realized I think I've watched the anime of this more than I've actually read it, which surprises me. But uh, he doesn't last long, so we should pro- probably not uh, belabor this point too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Goku kicks his ass, sends him flying
1: out of the ring. The guy tries to punch him. Goku vanishes. Mm-hmm. um and then taps him on the back of the leg at which point the guy goes flying out of the ring because that is how powerful roshi's training has made them which uh leads into one of my favorite moments from early dragon ball um we had learned by this point that uh Kiddenden, where he had originally studied martial arts was at the orin temple and um we see that some of his former classmates are actually at this tournament as well And one of the students who had uh, always used to bully Kudaden is actually his first opponent for uh, his qualifying heat. And like Goku is coming off of the stage, like looking at his finger and like he then looks at uh, Kudaden and says, maybe we shouldn't actually try right now. Let's hold back unless someone's particularly scary. And then you see the uh, the Orin Temple bullies come over and they're, you know, doing standard shonen bully things. And Goku's like, you know how I said, hold back. Forget that. Lay these guys out. <laughs> Lay this guy out
0: when you fight him. And uh, Krillin handily does sending him through a wall, if I remember correctly. He goes zooming out into like the
3: sky. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's dead. They just didn't he-
1: find the body. <laughs> There's a no killing rule at this tournament, right? <laughs> How could he survive?
0: Nah, this is this has gone from the Tenkaichi Bidokai
1: to the Kumite.
0: <laughs> if he's dead, show the body. You can't. <laughs> this is no longer the Tenkaichi Bidokai. This is now the Kumite. Three <laughs> <We> boondocks now.
1: <laughs> uh, we also meet up with a familiar face. I can't remember his name. Yam. Yum. Yum. Yeah, there's a guy in the crowd
0: who's like, I heard there was a small guy here with disproportionate power. Oh, hey, it is Goku. It's and Yamcha has returned with short hair because Bulma
1: said long hair is lame and way out of style. <laughs> in in the metropolis. Yeah, this is sort of a funny bit of a through line where Yamcha looks different every time you see him. Got to appreciate
3: Yamcha made the D. Tenkaichi Budokai, as a self-taught
1: martial artist. That's actually something that I was going to say, because as much as we're probably going to make a lot of jokes about Yamcha getting clowned, he's in the top eight in the world. He gets jobbed in this arc, but like, that's something that you got to remember. Yamcha's not a joke. I mean, technically, they're all jokes because it's a gag manga, but... Relative to, you know, the breadth of fighters that we see. Like, part of the reason is who he gets matched up with against, but uh, we're not quite there yet because we still have some more qualifying matches to get through
0: they just handily involve goku and krillin kicking ass and
1: taking yeah it's a montage at this point to basically show that they they got their mr miyagi training boy howdy does it work there's a couple people that they try to make it seem like they're there there's a guy with the lion fang fist that like They're trying to set up like he matters, and then Goku just eliminates him. There's a
0: few guys who land hits on Goku and Krillin, and they fall down, and people are like, "Whoa, did the? I I guess it was just luck after all." And then they pop up like, "Oh wow, that barely hurt. Okay, goodbye." Boom.
1: Well, most of the time, there there is one guy who uh, hits Kidadin with everything he has, and Kidadin stays down for like the one and the two, and then gets up like just to mess with the guy, and is like, "Okay, now I'm gonna counterattack. I surrender." (laughs) <laughs> that happens a lot, but we get through all of the qualifying heats and we
0: have our top eight contestants. We have Son Goku, Krillin, Yamcha, Stinkman, Master of Stink, Stum <laughs> Thought, <a> Kaiju, <laughs> and Jackie, J- Jackie, Ch- Jackie Chun. Chun, Jackie Chun. Yeah. Are you sure that's not the Turtle Master?
1: No, Jackie Chun. Okay. He has hair. Turtle Master's bald. Yeah, this guy's got hair. That's a good point. And, and not to forget Namu, one of one of my favorite characters Oh, from yes, this, Namu.
2: Uh, let's not forget Namu and his glorious oh, yeah. backstory. It,
1: it's it's at this point where uh, everyone
3: it's when do we get this backstory. I, I just want to I'll, I'll illuminate. Do, do we just confirm Master Roshi can read people's minds?
1: Yes, yes, that's a thing that you can just do.
2: Matt, Matt yes. you're asking too many questions. <laughs> just, <yes.
3: laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to do a deep dive on this manga, and it's failing pretty hard. You need to
1: just accept <laughs> it. Just, just, just go with it. I mean, the fact that Master Roshi can read minds is terrifying at an existential level, but we're going to dwell on it as long as the manga does. I do also like the point where Roshi like looks dead dead straight into the like camera, and he's like, oh, we're not going to be getting a lot of gags out of this one.
2: <laughs> he's aware... So- he is aware. Master Rashi's so great. But I want to hang out with him. Not unsupervised. <laughs> oh,
0: definitely not. <laughs> yeah, we have um, Bacterian, the man who has never bathed a day in his life and uses the power of stink to defeat his opponents. Uh, thankfully, he is the first person who gets comes up in the tournament and he goes up against Krillin, who wins by the power of not having a nose. <laughs>
1: Which he apparently did not realize until this very moment. That's sort of the funny thing because like it's very clearly supposed to be like an artistic omission or whatever. But like Goku points that out. Goku's like, Krillin, it's all in your head. You don't have a nose.
0: Bacterian used his stink breath attack into his smell my finger after scratching my crotch attack as a devastating combo to knock our poor bald boy on his ass.
2: I hard to believe that, you know, it is that he doesn't have any sense of smell at all because I'm just thinking like as a, as a child, as a young toddler, how many times you're like, oh, that's stinky. You need to, you know, take a shower. You need to, you know, not smear poop or something all over yourself. I'm just like, how did they conceptualize that this is this is hygienic because it creates a, a, a very off-putting smell, or how would you even like for food? Usually, Jay, your sense. Of, you're usually,
1: thinking
3: about it. Jay. Oh, cool! I, I'm not <laughs> allowed to ask very obvious questions, but this <laughs> well, is, whole monologue is fine. Contributes
2: to your sense of taste, so perhaps Colin's cooking sucks because he can't smell.
3: No, what we've established is I 100. percent This is my fan theory. While he was writing the training arc, he got some fans who wrote in going like, you stupid mangaka, you forgot the nose on this character. And he's like, I'll show them.
1: <laughs> I could see
0: Toriyama doing
1: that. He is that kind of petty. I buy that 100%. That is now canon. I don't care what Toriyama says. I wouldn't trust what he says anyway. Yeah, I will say I'm I'm very glad that Bacterian was first because his, his humor was funny for about 40% of the <laughs> the chapter he was in. So he gets dealt with very quickly. And then it's uh,
0: Yamcha, our boy, versus Jackie Chun. Yamcha unleashes a few attacks, which are handily dodged by Jackie Chun. And he's like, all right, I need to use my quickest, most powerful technique. Wolfang Fist!" And then uh, Jackie Chun does a, like, flash step and knocks him out.
1: And and specifically knocks him out of the ring by uh, a, a sweep with his hand, creating a gale of wind that pushes yep. him out of the uh, ring to get the ring out defeat.
0: Yeah, and Yamcha jobs super hard. Poor boy.
1: This is um, this is not the first time Yamcha is going to be used for uh, jobbing purposes. Look, look, look! As a Vegeta fan, I'm happy to. I'm just happy to see someone
0: else doing it for once. Okay. <laughs>
1: i mean you're not wrong then we get
0: uh namu who is a very severe man with a very uh intense expression who jackie chun looks at him and is like does this guy think he's in a martial arts manga (laughs) let me just read his mind real quick to find out what's what and we get his backstory where the the town where he lives is suffering from an intense drought and his little brother uh is like dying of thirst and it's like, we need water. I will go to the big city and get lots of water, but we have no money to purchase this water. Don't worry. The Tenkaichi Budokai has a 500,000 Zeni prize. I will win the tournament and buy all of the water, my friends. And then he uh,
1: steps such a, in- Such a noble cause in uh, Dragon Ball is bizarre to me, but okay. <laughs> Such a noble cause, and he goes up against some thought. <laughs> my, my martial arts technique is being a slut. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. It's 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 not even that though. It's
3: oh. I, well, I know because, we say okay. a lot of times, uh, Dragon Ball couldn't be made today.
2: I just want to say, I think she could definitely have the potential to be a fantastic martial artist. It's the fact that she makes the choice to rely on her looks. So it's not to, it's not meant to be a disparaging comment those who are reading along will see that she makes the choice to rely on her looks and specifically how she affects these opponents mm-hmm. instead of actually focusing on technique on and- her own
1: technique. Cause like, that's the thing. One thing that we'll see about Namu is that he is an extraordinary martial artist and he absolutely does, you know, deserve to be in the Tenkai Chubidokai. But Ranfan uh, Ranfon. Like, when she actually, like, does martial arts things instead of her her butt. She kicks butt. She actually hurts. it. Like, she's actually good. But, you know, it's a gag manga written by Akira Toriyama.
2: Have confidence in your capabilities. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Her technique relies on
0: crocodile tears, and when... Namu is like, ah, I see you are trying to deceive me by attacking my heart. I will now steal myself and I will no longer perceive you as a woman and I will that will allow me to defeat you. And she's like, oh, no, I guess I'm about to get licked. Or maybe I just want to be as she takes off her dress and is in her frilly uh, underthings. Yeah, she just
1: strips. My martial arts
0: technique is stripping. Good lord! At which point, Krillin and uh, Jackie Chun are like, "Whoa, Mama, take it off!"
2: And I'm just like, I'm just like at this point, lady, you know, there are other occupations you can just strip for money. <laughs> you don't take it to a martial arts corner.
3: Pick a lane. If her plan was to like scam her way into a top martial artist in the world competition for the money. Like, the Tenkaichi Padokai Prize is 500,000 zeni, which if we assume zeni is yen, which fair, that's like $5,000. Yeah. Like $5,000. You could make that much money not doing this.
1: Like... <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of the thing. This is another one where it's like if you actually like if you actually like stop and think about it, which you Maybe shouldn't do, but it's like, as Jay mentioned, she's actually a decent fighter. <laughs> you know, like she could just she. Could, I'm like, just
2: saying she's not doing the gender any favors by just saying, "Hey, I can just take my clothes off and people will let me win."
1: People would have noticed had she done that in the preliminaries, so she got at least that far without the with you know without the gimmick. Yeah, and the other thing I I thought of when this was happening was I. Thought
3: I thought the rules for the preliminaries were phrased in a slightly different way, that it wasn't that crying mercy was the way out, it's you're kicked out if you crying at all, I'm like, that's all she does, and that's why I had to double check what the rules for the top eight were, because I'm like, she is crying all the time, how is she not just kicked out? Oh, the top eight are different. But uh, I I think that's giving Akira Toriyama so much credit. She totally just did the same thing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that probably had more to do with the fact that Akira Toriyama forgot what the specific wording of the rules were previously. Because as much as I am going to defend uh, this author as being better than people give him credit for, uh, there are a lot of cases where that sort of thing will just happen.
2: (laughs) We're still in the pursuit of
1: the perfect manga. I mean, that's a never ending pursuit, isn't it? (laughs) It really I mean, is. Blur. It's a glorious pursuit. It is. It is the true uh, goal of this very podcast uh, to to seek the the flawless manga.
2: When we inevitably have the discussion where we have very little, very little to discuss, other than, "Yep, this is great. Everything's fabulous. Excellent. Perfect execution."
3: So, I mean, next week, everyone, I uh, look forward to our last episode, Gintama. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ultimately, uh, Namu's pure heart and even purer goal—he's able to overcome the power of stripping. I, I honestly really like Yamcha in uh, this arc. When he goes up against Jackie Chun, he's like, "This guy made top eight in the Tenkaichi Budokai. Just because he's an old guy, I am not going to. Uh, I'm going to take him as seriously as possible." And. You know, even with that said, he's kind of like he's really frustrated that he uh lost to you know an old man, Mm -hmm. but and then he sees how much he's leching on
0: this lady (laughs) and he
1: starts thinking, Wait a second, you seem familiar.
0: The only person who could have such an embarrassing reaction to a woman swap slop- and slobbering over her like this while being old and great at martial arts. It's the Muten Roshi,
1: isn't it? It's true to him. You should be a detective. I'd
3: watch that spinoff.
1: Yeah, forget baseball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I could honestly see a spinoff manga like that existing where it's Yamcha solving mysteries. I think I'd prefer Yamcha playing
3: baseball as a manga, but because of the Shonen Jump baseball curse, that can never happen. Because uh, as you all know, baseball manga always get canceled in Shonen
0: Jump. But then uh, we get into our uh, final fight in round one, the quarterfinals. Uh, Goku versus Giren, the Kaiju.
2: Yes, because... And I don't like the fact that they have like, They have freaking dinosaurs in this universe and they have to just rip over the fact that he's, quote unquote, a monster. (laughs) Like, what's up with that?
0: He's like kind of a traditional Western dragon in that he is he's got arms, legs, wings and a tail.
2: But it's kind of like in this universe, we recognize the sapiens of different species. But because he's participating in this martial arts tournament, which happens to be mostly made up of, you know, humanoid or human creatures is, oh, you're a monster.
1: Well, I mean, he calls himself a monster. Yeah,
3: Jay, I'll I'll yeah, I'll correct this for you. There's some deep Dragon Ball lore I'll just drop on you. You're forgiven for not knowing this. As you know, the people who act human but are animals or monsters, they actually took a secret drug, recreationally, called Animal X that turned them into it because it was the fad at the time. This is a canon thing said by Akira Toriyama. I was just going to
0: ask if that was what that was. I was scared. I have nothing to say. Me neither. So let's let's get down to the fight. Goku is like, oh, so I just gotta ring him out, huh? All right. Leaps behind Garen, grabs him by the tail, and it's like heave ho! Throws him out of the ring. All right, easy win. Gg's and all oh, right, he's got wings. He just so flies he, back into the arena, and Garen's like, all right, this kid's fast and he's uh, strong, so I'm gonna hit him with my
1: weird, gross gum vomit technique. <laughs> Ugh. He can just he can just spit a sticky substance that binds Goku. There's also a really fun panel uh, after Goku gets lassoed. uh, Is this the end of Son Goku? Then how do you explain Dragon Ball Z? (laughs) 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 The manga didn't actually get dubbed until after the second English dub of the anime. So I don't know what the original Japanese comment there was. Depending on how the rest of this uh, is set up, I can guarantee
3: that was probably like tune in next week. And it was like Shonen Jump ads because we also get those blank pages that are effectively just like, hey, there was an ad here at one point because Shonen Jump used to put ads in the manga. So have a
1: cute little drawing instead. Yeah. Yep.
2: Because a lot of people forget that manga are Japanese comics and comics usually have ads and Mm -hmm.
0: marketing. Yep. Good old marketing. But uh, okay, 15 second ad break. We we won't be real content creators until we get sponsored by Audible or Loot Crate. <laughs> Goku is now wrapped up in the weird gum attack. And uh so like, all right, time to just yeet you out of the arena. And he does so, and Goku's like, "Wait, I can't fly. What do I do?" Uh, Kintone, and calls in the flying Nimbus to to ferry him back in. <laughs> it's like, "Well, wait, is that tool use?" And the referees are like, "Ah, we'll let you get away with it just this once, but you can't do it yeah, again." Yeah, th-
1: this is one one of the cases where I remember the anime actually elaborates it on 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 it a little bit to make this ridiculousness a little bit more justifiable because the reason why they let goku have the the one-time use of it is because technically it's a cloud it's part of the environment but not the ground it is fair when they tell him no you cannot use that again
3: I think the one thing in their favor is uh, they kind of bring up the question of like, hey, what was that gum thing? He's like, I produced that in my stomach. Wait, so
0: is it like part of your biology or did you eat this before? Like, It's like, OK, cool. Goku got back in the arena. He's still all gummed up and can just be thrown out again. Yeah, That's the
1: reason why Giren's fine with it, which in all honesty, I think that that's... Uh equitable solution so oh no how is Goku going to survive this time Giren, uh, this time instead of throwing him decides he's going to punch Goku out of the arena yeah he beats on him a little bit when um, uh, but when he swings for the big final punch to knock him out of the arena uh, Goku vanishes from Girin's sight because he uh, he regrew his tail because Goku can just do that
0: <laughs> Yep, little monkey boy got his little monkey tail back yep that's what really happened <laughs> Say in biology, everybody. Not yet. <laughs> he spontaneously regrows his entire tail with enough force to have it punch through the back of his gi trousers. Yeah. He uses the tail to gain a bit of maneuverability. And he's like, all right, I'm sick of this. And activates his Shonen protagonist powers and rips out of the gum lasso yes. thingy.
1: <laughs> I don't think that there's been a definitive version of Dragon Ball because there are little things that like the anime added that makes... Some of the more, some of the more immersion-breaking stupidity moments, um, more acceptable. Because one thing Goku mentions is that having his tail makes him, he feels he, like he felt stronger when he had his tail. So now he has his tail back, and that's why he's able to suddenly brute force his way out of the thing that he couldn't get out of before. Out of the, out of the Gumby, I, yeah. It's it's little so it's lines a- like that that solve <laughs> stupid problems. So tails makes. Saying stronger—that's
3: a good, good thing. I'll keep going forward.
1: I mean, he does keep that until he forgets that tails existed ever.
3: <laughs> you mean Goten? Goten was just born
1: without a tail. Let's not. Let's not talk about
0: <laughs> Goten. For once, let us embrace Toriyama Sensei's madness and completely forget about Goten. <laughs> Moving on, Goku ripping out of the Gumby and ge- and gaining a fifth limb is apparently too much for Garin, and he's like, mercy, I give up, don't hurt me. <laughs> Goku's like, I didn't even get to punch you once. This is BS. We have a brief interlude of Yamcha confronting Jackie Chun like, you're the invincible old master, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. I, the, I heard that Master Roshi's bald, and Goku and Krillin are like, yeah, he's bald, and well this is clearly a wig grabs wig starts tugging ow you're pulling on my head
1: (laughs) the explanation for this that we get later is pretty great
2: it checks out solidly like i mean whether or not he was trying to deceive Yamcha in particular i mean you're in a martial arts tournament kind of want to make sure yeah
1: yeah the wig doesn't come off moving around (laughs) um but we don't have a lot of time to dally
0: on this particular... It's very important, Sam. It, admittedly, yes, it is. We do have a great moment of, Goku, you've got a nose like a bloodhound. Does this guy smell like Roshi? I mean, kind of, but there's another smell in the way. <laughs> and it shows uh, Jackie Chun
1: spraying cologne on himself, and yeah, I'm just like, you're doing that to hide your identity, aren't you? Ah, no, I'm quite the dandy. There's a bit of an interview with Kudiden and Goku, Goku and uh, this is this is where we learn that... Uh, uh, Goku's mastery of numbers has uh, revealed to him that his actual age is 12, not 14. And the fact that
3: Krillin can never be allowed to win anything is so that Goku can be the youngest
1: ever participant, <laughs> <'cause-> <laughs> <laughs> Poor yeah. Oh my god. See, and, you know, now we're getting into one of the more, like, intense, like, more... I think more, like, iconically Dragon Ball fights. Because um, well, Kududin versus Jackie Chun has a lot of like goofy, silly nonsense. Um, there's also a lot of like good, you know, fighting choreography and and um, good action scenes on display. And one of the one of the little moments that I kind of wish got more emphasized and and more people like thought about um, the first time Jackie Chun takes a serious punch at an opponent is when he's fighting against Kududin and he he lands a shot right in the knot nose and sends Kudan into a wall and Kudan is terrified at this point like I didn't even see it and Goku's like what are you talking about I could see it just focus and like you know it's easy to take that as a oh Goku's better than Kudan" thing but the thing that I really like about it is that Goku inc- encourages Kudan. no I know you can do this too and uh when the next punch comes in, Kudoden really can see it. And that, yeah, there's an obvious gap between Goku and Kudoden in power, but they're not they're like there's not such a vast gulf in their abilities that, you know, like Kudoden is, you know, reasonably Goku's rival, at least in this arc.
0: He's the strongest earthling for a reason. <laughs> the fight with uh Krillin and Jackie Chun is equal parts gag manga and actual serious shonen martial arts tournament because uh we have a moment where they have a flash step and then krillin falls over gets up before the 10 count is done and the announcer is like um okay so what happened there
1: and they're like all right let's reenact in slow motion Uh, And like they start pantomiming and it's like it's an actual like exchanging of punches and kicks. And then uh... right up until (laughs) Roshi decides to spit at
0: Krillin in order to get him to recoil, which he does. And then Roshi goes to punch him, at which point Krillin, who might I remind you one last round for not having a nose, snorts boogers at Roshi. That's
2: what I'm saying. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) No, it doesn't.
3: This uh, this joke overstated it. it's welcome for me. Like It was funny for the first person, but then the remainder of the chapter was going
0: through Engage this. with I'm us, like...
2: listeners. Oh, Engage. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know.
0: Yeah, uh, because after the spitting and the snorting, they have a Rochambeau match, which Krillin loses. Roshi ben, says... Ben, yep. Roshi says, look over there, and Krillin does, and then gets kicked in the head. He looks
1: looks in the opposite direction that Roshi was pointing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like.
0: And uh, Krillin gets kicked in the head, and that's how they land in their final positions. And this all takes over the, this is all over the course of like two tenths of a second.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like all the way up to like, I think the Roshambo was like 0.2 seconds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have the announcer carry them in their action poses to where they landed. Yeah, when they were flying through the air. <laughs> and Jackie Jen is like, and here I land, the epitome of coolness itself.
2: <laughs> people don't um, say they're cool. Uh,
0: uh. This joke was just as fun to relive a second time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so for the sake of Matt's uh, continued enjoyment. (laughs) Moving on. With the rest of the fight, uh, Krillin actually puts up a very strong battle against Jackie Chun, but ultimately is defeated. Yeah, he's
1: able able to knock Uh, Jackie Chun out of the arena using an item that I don't think he should have access to. Yeah, he's got a pair of Bulma's panties. Yeah.
0: I, I am willing to believe that the training of the turtle school included a panty rating seminar.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. 100 percent.
0: Forced to use his ultimate technique, the Kamehameha, to blast himself back into the arena. Yeah. And the announcer goes,
1: I thought only the invincible old Master Roshi could do that. No, nope, I know it too. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be him. <laughs> Which is enough for everybody, I guess, except for Yamcha. Yamcha's still pretty convinced. Yamcha should be a detective. Detective Yamcha. So Krillin is defeated
0: and now it's Goku versus Namu. And I actually really liked Goku versus Namu. This is a great fight.
1: Mm
0: One of my favorites. It has minimal shenanigans. It is combat straight like most of the way through. Well, I,
1: Namu's a very serious character. And like as much as Goku is the protagonist of a gag manga, he's not an inherently silly person.
0: I think an uh, important thing to note is that uh, Jackie Chun defeated Krillin with the afterimage technique by moving so quickly that he left behind an image of himself that Krillin attacked. And then he kicked Krillin. From behind to defeat him and so goku immediately attempts to use this move on namu but namu being an enlightened martial artist sees the attack coming and handily dodges it
1: this is such like a gag manga thing for goku to be able to do but ends up actually like building into the character like the the more fleshed out character that he has goku is so good at mimicking other people's techniques like supernaturally good at it
2: it's like he's out of this world. That's
1: definitely not a Power Saiyan's half. Right, it's not a
0: Power Saiyan's half. Goku is just a savant at martial arts. Through uh, they're, they're
1: going through the fight. And Goku gets knocked to the ground. Goku comes up with a new technique. He becomes a Beyblade. This backfires almost immediately. <laughs> right, I'll
0: try spinning. That's a good trick. Admittedly, it does work for a bit because uh, he is spinning so fast and has the uh, incredible physical power of the Kame school that he almost defeats Namu right then and there, but he does get
1: dizzy and fall down. (laughs) Namu leaps to the heavens. Thoroughly done with these shenanigans. We said there weren't many shenanigans, but it's still Dragon Ball. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Namu leaps to the heavens and does a Jojo's technique, falling heavens cross attack, which is apparently a move so powerful that the peaceful Buddhist Namu is like, I do not normally kill, but for the sake of my village, I must use this powerful technique. Forgive me for what I do to you now, son Goku, die.
1: Like you expect Goku to get out of the way. He actually hits Goku with this. And um, at, like, you know, he's he's asking for forgiveness in the name of the Buddha. <laughs> yeah, he's he like, like, basically, I'm about to I'm about to inflict serious harm on you. Please forgive me for this. And then once he landed, it's like the 10 count is unnecessary. He will not wake up for 10 days, but I am a peaceful man. I would never kill, which is yes. also a rule of the tournament. So that's kind of important. Mm-hmm. And then Goku
0: stands up before the <laughs> 10 count would be done.
1: He he stands up halfway through 10, like Namu almost beats him. Like, that's the other thing. We have uh, my favorite bit in this
0: fight, just because I love crazy air battles. Uh, Namu decides to do the same technique again, but jump higher this time.
1: I must have missed the pressure point. <laughs> Either that either that, or his opponent is made of stone or something. I don't know. But Goku matches him uh, height for height. In fact, goes even further and says, Drat, I went too far. <laughs> and they have a bit of an aerial combat. The strongest under the heavens has become the strongest in the heavens. Goku jumps and like Namu had already been descending at a pretty rapid rate before Goku actually passed him. So I don't even know that Goku jumped higher than Namu. <laughs> Like, this guy is really impressive. He's a really fun character I wish more had been done with. Yeah, but the important
0: thing is that Goku does end up winning this battle by uh, ringing out Namu, I believe.
1: there, There's like this little bit where they're like trying to position in the air by moving, uh, by, you know, diving faster or, uh, you know, trying to slow their descent. And... You know, Goku acts like, oh, it's a race then. And Namu thinks to himself something to the effect of, oh, if he lands first, I can use my technique on him anyway. But when Goku lands, he jumps to the side, goes into a a jumping kit to ring him him out. Yeah. Just in case you were worried about Namu's parched and droughted village.
0: Uh, Jackie Chun walks up to him like, you You fought well, kid. I intuited what your problem was because saying I read your mind would be too creepy. Have this empty hoi poi capsule in order to uh, get gallons of water to take back to your people. And he says, Ah, but I have no money. I could not possibly pay for it. Dude, you know, we're in a city, right? They have municipal water. It's free. They're on an island. (laughs) And Jackie Chen's like, yeah, no, don't bother thanking me. Actually,
1: could you do something for me? Because after the fight with Kudan, Yamcha is dead ass convinced that this is definitely Roshi, which Mm Not that this is particularly well hidden from the audience, but uh, Roshi does confirm that, yes, I am actually Muten Roshi. I glued this wig to my head because I'm that dedicated <laughs> to my students. Because does this make up the child-sized lingerie stuff? No, no, no it doesn't. But... That's why he's
0: so dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb joke. <laughs> but uh, the point is that... Roshi entered this tournament because he knew that his training would make them so powerful they could probably easily win. He wanted to defeat Krillin and Goku so that they couldn't win the tournament. Because if they won, they might think that we won the strongest under the heavens tournament. There's nowhere else for us to go. And they would stop training. But if they thought that there was somebody stronger than them, they would continue to train and grow stronger. If they always think that there's a bigger fish, they could become the greatest in the universe, even. Truly the greatest under the heavens. All the universes, <laughs> even. We've <laughs> seen DBZ. We've read Dragon Ball Super. So in a sense, old pervy Roshi was right here. He asks merely one boon of Namu. We have to make sure that the that the boys think that this uh, ruse is true. So put on this disguise to look like me in the crowd
1: for long enough for them to notice. Like he doesn't want it to be him defeating his students. He wants it to be some stranger out in the wild. You know, that's more motivating than just, oh, we couldn't beat old man Roshi. Yeah. So uh, Namu does.
0: And I actually found this moment kind of sweet. Because it very handily uh, settled that entire plot point.
1: Or Yamcha, he was right all along, and and gets you know tricked in the end. But we get into the final match:
0: Goku versus Master. Ro- I mean Jackie Chun. I got a question for everybody. Jackie Chun is, or Master Roshi is in this to defeat his students so that they think that they're it will always be a bigger fish, right? He was getting genuinely tilted in this fight. <laughs> Very much so. Did that feel
1: weird to anybody else? Actually, no. Because remember I said last time Toriyama knew the themes of his story, even if it was subconscious? Jackie Chun Uh is the invincible old master. He is the perfect martial artist in like the abstract sense. Like he's the he's the wide, wise, learned old man, you know, crouching moron, hidden badass, all that stuff. And the thing is, Goku is already in a lot of ways past him. And this is one of the biggest through lines that will apply to every each of the biggest arc villains for the rest of the series. Goku will be presented with an opponent who is perfect, who is the pinnacle. You can't get any better than this because Goku is not perfect. He improves and he surpasses them. As we go through this fight, Goku is be a monkey and like jump on uh, Jackie Chun's face and and uh, just do all this. Uh, Jackie Chun will use uh, drunken Kung Fu. And she's got at least a little bit of an edge on Goku yet, especially in terms of experience. Goku's never actually beaten someone who's objectively stronger than he is. He is in the past, proven that he is capable of it, but he's actually never canonically beaten someone who's objectively stronger than he is. And this is the first case of that. Hold on. How do you prove objectively stronger? They can sense raw power. I'm not talking about fighting skill. I'm talking about raw power. Like we haven't
0: gotten to power levels yet, but in terms of power levels, Roshi is still stronger than Goku. Vegeta was stronger. Frieza, Cell, boo all of them stronger than goku
1: well not boo but that's that's a whole other is
0: just boo we're not talking about that
1: <laughs> boo
3: objectively said that the power level is dumb we're done with that yeah.
2: yeah i objectively liked boo not for power level reasons but for character reasons
3: well if only you
0: could tell the rest of japan that <laughs> japan I liked boo we got vegeto in boo and i love vegeto uh, uh cool we didn't read busagata though so yeah let's stick to we, we, we read, read
1: we read goku versus master roshi
0: yeah um, and this is what i was talking about with uh seeing master roshi's uh move set in fighters because we see the uh you're getting very sleepy command grab and the thunder shock attack uh, the, the jump counter the jump counter yep and uh, the iconic moving via the Kamehameha. We also get a great moment of uh, Goku gets blasted out of the arena as like the first moment in this fight, which has been super hyped up. And the announcer is sad that it's so anticlimactic. And then Goku just helicopters in with his tail. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. That is like that is a canon thing he can do. <laughs> helicopter with the tail not even the majority of the tail there are sonic the hedgehog (laughs)
3: screaming at us right now
2: no because tails makes sense because it's the entire tail and he has multiple you're trying to apply physics to dragon ball that was your first mistake
3: they're applying physics to dragon ball though because the like big turning point of the last fight was you can't fall faster like
0: (laughs) It's it's a weird world where physics applied just long enough for a cool martial yes, arts Yes, it is thing a weird
2: there. it's a weird world.
0: And physics applied just long enough for Gwen Stacy's neck to break. <laughs> yes. The this is the this is this is the world we're living in. <laughs> One of the more important things in this is uh Goku grew his tail back. This fight is lasting all the way through the evening and th- now it's nighttime and the moon is oh the moon is rising.
3: Fuck! Well, hold on. Is it nighttime? I don't think it is. It's
0: it's it's I mean the full moon it's,
1: it's like late afternoon, early evening, so but no shading is done to the sky. <laughs> like until
0: the moon shows up, there's no indication this is happening. Yeah. Uh the moon shows up and Goku becomes the Ozaru is the important part. Can we jump into my
3: favorite bit about um we passed over it when Master Roshi was doing his drunken kung fu? Goku mentions, ah yes, grandpa did this all the time. And I'm like I I know the implication is here is that Grandpa Gohan was a master of drunken style kung fu. But knowing that Grandpa Gohan is a terrible human being so far of what we heard in the series, I assume he's just also very drunk all the time with the tiny child he found. Grandpa Gohan was a chronic drunk, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's not
3: unreasonable to assume. I'm just saying, Grandpa Gohan's (laughs) in hell.
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) But uh, Goku becomes the Ozaru and is smashing everything up. And Roshi's like, I see only one way to solve this problem. Kamehameha! And we get a dramatic cutaway as the chapter ends. And the Ozaru isn't there anymore. And Krillin laments the loss of his friend. Give us Goku back. You didn't have to kill him, you monster. And Jackie Chen turns to him and is like, quit your belly aching and your melodrama. I didn't kill him. He's right over there. And there's little naked bit babby Goku slumped against some rubble sleeping. It's like, so wait, what did you do? I didn't blow up Goku. I blew up the moon. Canonically killing Master Carrot.
1: With the rabbit mob, still (laughs) up there.
2: (laughs) Amateurs, thinking I would actually just blow up the reasonable thing and just blow up the opponent. No, I'd blow up the moon.
3: (laughs) That's far more reasonable, yeah. In, In all fairness, he was also doing this technique, as Yamcha was saying. No. There's a really simple way to solve this problem. We'll just do it. And he's like, too late. Blow it up the moon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kamehameha solves all problems. It solved the burning mountain. It solved the moon. I guess
1: we don't have to worry about Monster Carrot ever again.
2: The moon was not the problem, though. Let's be honest.
1: (laughs) You're right. It
0: wasn't. But, uh my favorite part is like you think oh man what's gonna happen to the tides what's what's going on what's gonna go on with like the gravity of the planet and the announcer is like but what about the moon festivals and the moon pies
1: not the moon pies. no (laughs) it walks on the beach what about those but
0: uh goku wakes up and gets ready to continue to scrap but he's completely in the buff
1: so they're like can you put on some clothes (laughs) time out for a change of clothes
2: if earlier thought was able to walk around naked, what's wrong with a little child? Stop
0: sexualizing children. She still had her, her uh, underwear on. Goku's just swinging in the wind, so to speak. His tail,
3: obviously.
1: Yes, his tail.
0: Yes, his tail. So Krillin lends Goku his gi and the fight continues. But by now, both Goku and Jackie Chun are completely zapped for energy. And the way they win is uh, they trade blows one last time in a cross counter kick. Both of them are struggling to stand and proclaim themselves the victor because they're both down for the entire ten count. When that happens, it's a tie, but we can't have ties. So according to ancient tra- ancient tradition, whoever can stand a smile and proclaim themselves the winner is the winner.
1: You have to say I did so when. Uh huh. While smiling. Important. <laughs> Goku gets to his feet first,
0: strikes a brilliant smile, gets halfway through the phrase and falls over unconscious. Jackie Chun manages to pull the entire thing off and win the tournament. And it's because Jackie Chun, being physically larger, had longer legs. So his kick struck deeper.
1: Yeah, being being taller because he had also he had also mentioned to Goku. Uh, he said that, you know, we're both exhausted. We only have really one more move in it in us so let's just hit each other with everything we have which you know it, it's it's very much the case where like you know goku has proven himself to be a pretty brilliant fighter but roshi is just more experienced than he is and more importantly has longer legs and so the
0: strongest under the heavens tournament comes to a close jackie chun is the winner taking home the 500 zenny. And has to painfully pull off the wig he glued to his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm taking home. Because Master Roshi shows up and is like, all right, I'll treat everybody to dinner now. And Goku eats enough to feed 30 people, <laughs> which runs about uh, 470,000 zenny.
1: <laughs> and all that prize money. Poof. They The restaurant ran out of food. And Goku's response was, eh, well, all things in moderation. <laughs>
0: He still had the audacity after saying, wow, I'm stuffed. Can I have seconds?
1: <laughs> Goku defined the the stereotypical shonen protagonist. Luke,
0: uh, Goku walked so Luffy could eat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I mean, like, don't feel that bad for Master Roshi. He didn't get his prize money. He'll just have to, have to live with, you know, the eight months of, of uh, child labor. He,
0: uh, he yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> He still has 30,000 zenny left over. I don't
1: know how far that goes, but... About $30. The child labor from all of the construction work and field plowing that Goku and Kudan did and all the help delivery, so... Like, all of their training, training was do odd jobs for money, like...
0: Yeah, like a JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> Daily reminder that Toriyama worked on Dragon Quest.
1: <laughs> they grinded experience points that was what the training did. Oh god, that really is it, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but that's so accurate. I love
0: it. But we end on Goku deciding that he's going to go uh complete the Dragon Ball quest another time so he can get his heirloom from his grandpa Gohan back.
1: Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't care about getting all of the Dragon Balls. He just specifically wants the four-star four-star ball back because that was the the heirloom that uh, that set him on this entire journey in the first place.
0: Yep, Krillin's going to hang out with Master Roshi a while longer, continue his training. Yamcha just says he's going to train with uh, Roshi, doesn't he? Or is that later? I don't think he does. I, I think he's hanging out with Bulma still. This brings us to the end of our reading and uh, getting into the discussion questions. So, favorite characters and favorite fights... Last time I said Goku was my favorite, he's still really, really up there. I like him a lot, but man, (laughs) old Muten Roshi really shined in this one. (laughs) I don't know if it's a particularly good shine, but it's a shine, all right. (laughs) He is completely ridiculous, and I kind of love it. And in terms of favorite fights, I already said that I really liked. Well, while Goku versus Jackie Chun is the... Uh, big headliner, the final climax. Goku vs. Namu, I think might actually be my favorite because it it somehow managed to to trick me into thinking that Goku could lose, which I didn't think was possible.
1: The nice thing is this is a tournament arc that doesn't end early because like that's such a that's such a problem with like a lot of shonen stories where they'll have like some some new arc villain will jump in before the finals so that the main character can't win the big tournament but also doesn't lose. But like, there's also there's also technically nothing at stake here. Like, it really is just a a fight to test your abilities. For me, favorite characters, honestly, it it's sort of funny because Matt pointed out those uh, child sized one piece numbers. And I can't unimat. I can't unthink about that. Let's let's
3: let's give the fullest benefit of the doubt. They're probably spandex, so it's probably one size fits all.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. C- can I um, think back. Have a <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, actually. Uh, one I'll go with fits lunch, all. I like her a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, jokes aside, um, I think maybe Goku again. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that the characters stood out quite as strongly this time as last time because again, this is very much more where you're starting to see more of the martial arts. One thing that I found sort of interesting is like during the um, go find the rock I threw um, bit, there's a bit where uh, Goku and Kiddenden start fighting. Goku throws one kick that Kiddenden blocks. And then there's a dust cloud and limbs like that sort of like gag fight. And it was sort of interesting to watch over the course of the chapters. It become less and less arc one Dragon Ball and more and more the Dragon Ball everyone knows. Um, And I think that transition was way more of the focus than the characters themselves. One character that did really does always really stand out for this point is uh, Namu because he's just like he's got such a real story, you know, like he's stepping into a gag manga and yet is such a serious character. And yet he doesn't really feel out of place. I'll shout out the um, Goku versus Giren and Goku versus uh, Jackie Chun fights because I think that they're really good, too. But I'm going to second the Namu fight as being the best just because, like, it's just a fight. Like, Goku spins like a top, but this is also a supernatural world that we're in. It doesn't have any gag manga gags, I guess, is what it is. And it was it was sort of nice to see that. Not to say that I, you know, didn't like the gags and the other stuff, because I think the humor was more on point for this, especially because it was spread out way more. But yeah, the Namu fight was uh, just a really well done thing. Matt,
0: what was your favorite character and favorite fight in this? Oh, favorite character
3: is pretty easy because I'm going to go with Krillin. I really love how he's set up in this as uh, they're constantly compared a lot more in the training, but also like um, like the main difference between Krillin and Goku we see because they're actually relatively physically on the same level. Goku's just better than Krillin because Goku needs to be better than everybody essentially like main character privilege, but Krillin like the main difference between them is Goku needs the fight to be fair. Cause why obviously wouldn't it? Whereas Krillin is more willing to go like, well, no, why not do the smart thing that wins at the end of the day that gets the same thing done. And I, I really appreciate that aspect of him. Like uh, the big thing with the rock. He's just like, well, that seems impossible. But what if I had a fake rock? Oh, no, nope, that's not going to work. What if I tricked Goku, who's already cheating with his supernatural powers and just win? <laughs> as for favorite fight, um, I mean, the Namu fight's a really, really good one just because that's an actual fight as opposed to a lot of these. <laughs> um, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to take points off when Goku just flies back into the ring with his tail. Uh, the the fight was over then until magic nonsense happened. Um, but, uh, as as far as like fights that are gags go, um, Namu versus the lady fighter is a pretty funny gag that doesn't overstay its welcome, which was kind of my problem with some of these other fights was it's a funny gag for two pages. Oh, it's going to. It's the whole chapter, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Bacteria Man was like, oh, no, this is going to be gross-out humor for
0: 30 pages. Okay. Uh, Jay, how about you? Favorite character, favorite fight?
2: Sure, my favorite character would definitely, I would have to echo uh, the previous episode, I would have to say Goku. He's a little comedic genius, unintentionally. (laughs) Um, I would definitely have to say, though, that I would second that with um, Nemu, and favorite fights would have to be Goku and Nemu.
0: Yeah, uh, the Goku and Namu fight, really, uh, all of us love that. It was very good. But that kind of uh, gets into our next question. The Goku and Namu fight really started to blur the line between Dragon Ball being a gag manga and Dragon Ball being a martial arts manga. And uh, thoughts on that particular dichotomy among the crowd here. As I has said in our first Dragon Ball episode, my main experience is with Z, so I was always more used to Dragon Ball being uh, the big fighty shonen manga. I think that's why that fight resonated with me so much. It was what I expected when I read something called Dragon Ball.
2: I absolutely concur. Um, actually. Um, not knocking it, Dragon Ball is, is good on its own, but it's kind of the reason why I had to detract a bit from Dragon Ball, because I don't usually find myself gravitating toward gag mangas. mangas I find them very lacking in substance, to be honest. So I don't really, that's, it's not really my cup of tea. Mm. It was because I knew what it eventually evolves into, is why I continued reading it, kind
1: of. There, I think that's the case for a lot of English speakers, because... Like I said, Dragon Ball Z had been dubbed twice before the manga ever <laughs> translated, so a lot of people have more of a more of an experience with Dragon Ball taking itself more seriously. I think my perspective on the twenty first Tenkaichi Budokai as a whole is generally speaking, I like it. I like it because it's different from a lot of things. Because you know, I will pour over Namek over and over again. It's, it's the novelty of early Dragon Ball that has brought me back to the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai when I've revisited it. I thought that the majority of the jokes were funny, and it being that different was something that appealed to me. If you were to ask me, like, what is, like, my ideal Dragon Ball fight? Goku versus Namu, because it has that ridiculous moment where Goku turns into a Beyblade, like, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, the fate of the world isn't on the line. Dragon Ball can definitely be effective when it does do that sort of thing. I think some of its strongest moments are fate of the world sorts of issues. I have always preferred stories that, you know, take themselves a little bit seriously. Um, I like the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai for what it is you know, relative to the rest of Dragon Ball. But I do really like the martial arts. It's the thing that keeps me coming back to Dragon Ball most of the time. So that's definitely my preference. Yeah. What do you think, Matt?
3: I don't know. I've got a different opinion on Dragon Ball than Jake. Like, I I think we've talked about this. The things I like about Dragon Ball are more like the going around having a fun adventure and like the strictly bottled battle manga that it even kind of turns into. It isn't my jam. When we get this section of reading, we got in particular where we don't go to different locations. In fact, we kind of move from an island to a very generic-looking island. You know, like a, like, like the scenery is all pretty static for repeated jokes of training, and then we move to the the, the arc, which is it's, it's the stadium. stadium. It, it it is not my it, it is not what I like about the Dragon Ball, and this. This art in particular, I think it's kind of like a weird middle ground between gags and martial arts. See,
1: I
2: can understand what Matt's saying because it's kind of like you can divide Dragon Ball into three separate parts. You've got the battle part, you've got the adventuring, and then you've got the gag manga. And I feel like all of us gravitate more so to different aspects of that. And Mm. if... If there's a focus on one specific aspect over the other more so, then it's kind of like some of us just don't it, it don't enjoy it as much as others, and it's kind of like I want to go back to where they're exploring and and, um, and uh, meeting new people and learning new techniques, and then there's other like people who like the training arcs and the tournaments, and then there's people who like the ridiculous outlandish jokes kind of part of it, not necessarily all together.
3: But yeah, like that's that's kind of my. Uh, on, on this whole arc is it, it kind of hits it's a middle ground between the martial arts and the gag manga and like for me it kind of feels like it's cutting the difference like, like too, too much up in the middle and, and it's really not hitting it either extreme and it's kind of just I'm gonna say bland but that sounds a lot more, more criticizing of it than what I'm saying I'm just like, just like my personal take on this it wasn't as entertaining as I would have like something to be really
1: really yeah and and your your take on preferring like the adventure side of Dragon Ball, I know that is a very common opinion of it because like you know i've I've talked a couple of times about how like I have my preference for like the the Namek stuff and and the serious stuff and like you know it, Dragon Ball is a pretty diverse series and you know parts of it not you know grabbing people, you know that's that's pretty it- common. A couple of years back, I made an effort to watch
0: not all of the Dragon Ball Z anime, but just a a healthy chunk of it. I wanted to get at least through Namek and uh, like starting from the beginning of Z. And I found that as much as they kind of helped the story in a making this feel like a real world sense, the between arc filler of like Gohan doing kids stuff that all felt very quiet and bland to me but i can also see how uh somebody would kind of live for that sort of moment and it it really speaks to just how much dragon ball and dragon ball z and you know gt and super it, it it's like you said it's a very diverse franchise it has a little bit of something for everybody and that's probably why it's lasted so long
1: I do. I do understand what you mean about like it splitting the difference in a way that doesn't really satisfy either side, though, Matt, because like when you mention it, yeah, I I can totally see that. But that
0: uh, does bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you, everybody, very much for joining us once again. Make sure to follow us on all of the social medias where we are at OverMangaCast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, Nintendo. Toasters, Nintendo DS pictogram, chat. thats what it's called. If you just shout over Mangacast uh, out your window, someone might
3: respond to you.
1: You'll get a paper. You'll get. You'll get a paper airplane through your window uh, of us personally thanking you. Uh, don't hold us to that, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> With a very poorly drawn heart on it. Um, <laughs> Make sure to tune in next Thursday,
0: where we are continuing Revisit Month by heading back from one martial arts tournament to another. We're heading back into the crazy world of Shimatsu no Valkyrie record of Ragnarok. Continuing with chapters 15 to 30, we're finally going to get to see uh, Poseidon versus sword man i forget his name yeah the the oh, final wow. fight of the
3: netflix anime that we will not speak of at all in the next review uh I please no, it. no i don't want to be reminded that exists um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're reading along with us that's chapters 15 to 30 of record of ragnarok and we'll see you then good night everybody
2: good night everyone good night
0: good night